name is not Dr. Google. I'm Dr. V. I want you to be healthy and happy, so we're going to talk about all the things I can't fit into a 15-minute appointment. Let's get started. Step into my office. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Office Visits with Dr. V. This is my time with you in our cyber office visit. About 15 minutes of information that I hope will help you tremendously. The purpose of this podcast is to educate you and to remind you to kind of take care of yourself more than you probably have been doing in the past. Please, please, please share this information with friends uh, and let's stay connected. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and my website at officevisitswithdrv.com. I'd just like to say, I want to keep this short. I want it to be kind of like an office visit, which usually is 15 to 20 minutes. So I'm going to keep it short and we're going to wrap it up with five facts that I want you to take away every episode. But guess what? Today, the episode that I am ready and like, I wanted to put this on a t-shirt. I have HPV and you do too. I have HPV and you do too. Now, I think a lot of women, especially women, know what HPV is. It's getting a lot of press here lately. HPV stands for human papillomavirus. That is different from HSV, which is herpes simplex virus. That's the next episode, so stay tuned. Human papillomavirus is probably the most common sexually transmitted infection that there is the most common. And that's why the title of the episode is what? I have HPV and you do too. It is believed that 80% of sexually active adults will have HPV in their lifetime. 80%. And guess what, y'all? There's over 100 strains of HPV. So when do most people come in contact with the knowledge of HPV? Usually it's women when they start getting their pap smears and they get an abnormal pap and they find out they have HPV and oh my gosh, it is devastating, but it does not have to be. And so that's the purpose of this episode. A few facts that I just want to tell you up front. Yeah, a lot of people are going to have it. Most people have it, then don't. It is not a measure of infidelity. Because you can have it and it can reactivate. So sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, my husband cheated on me because I have HPV. No, it's probably been there. Either it wasn't there when you were tested previously, you haven't been tested in a while, or it kind of reactivated because your immune system didn't suppress it right at that moment. So just remember, it doesn't have to cause any issues in your relationship. Gonorrhea and chlamydia, yes, but not HPV. Also a common thing that we know about HPV is that it can also cause genital warts and it can cause cancer. Uh, And that's the reason that it's really on everyone's radar screens. And I completely understand the concern and sometimes the anxiety about it. The genital warts, they look bad. Um, They potentially can put you at risk for cancer of the vulva. And remember last time we learned that the outside of the female genitalia is not the vagina, it is the vulva. So the warts are on the outside where you can see. And we'll talk about how we can get rid of those. They're unsightly, but they're not going to necessarily cause a major cancer. The cancers that HPV has been linked to, most importantly, number one is cervical cancer, vulvar vaginal cancer, which overall are really, really rare to have, anal cancer, oral and throat cancer, and penile cancer. So HPV is not anything um, that we need to blow off, but we really just need to learn more about it so we can understand it. So first of all, how do you get HPV? Well, HPV is like most sexually transmitted diseases. You don't 
don't get it from somebody blowing a kiss at you across the room. You got to be close, skin to skin contact, and also unprotected sex, uh, meaning unprotected sex, meaning uh, no condoms. Now, this is the thing. Condoms can limit the spread, but it's not 100% because there is some skin that the condom doesn't cover. So you really have to know who you are having sex with and their uh, personal history. All right, so I mentioned that cervical cancer is one of the major things that happens with HPV. And guess what, y'all? Cervical cancer is preventable. Cervical cancer is preventable. It does not have to be anything that you should have to deal with. And the reason is, is that an HPV infection eventually does become cancer, but guess how long it takes? It takes years and years and years. The women that I've diagnosed with cervical cancer in in my career are women who said, I haven't had a pap smear in 20 years and I'm bleeding. Uh, Usually, if we're talking no pap smear in 15, 20 years, then that HPV has probably gone unchecked. So the way that we can prevent it, one way is pap smears. Getting your pap smears regularly. I'm talking a little bit more about that scheduling. Vaccination. There's a vaccine called Gardasil, which prevents the HPV infection. Um, We now have one that's Gardasil 9, and we actually give it to teenagers. And the purpose is to give it before they become sexually active. Because what you want is you want the immune system primed and ready to fight off HPV when they see it. Now we know um, that some people don't agree um, with vaccines. And what I will say is abstinence is one way to prevent getting HPV. If you don't have sex with anyone and your partner never had sex with anyone, there is no way that you can get HPV. Unfortunately, though, in this day and time, that's not a common reality. I would hope it would be to prevent some of the things that I have to talk about. But if that is not something that you all will pursue, then just know that there are other ways that you need to protect yourself. So condoms is one way. Limiting your partners, meaning the more people you have sex with, the more strains of HPV that you can come in contact with. Also, approving your immune system, making sure that you are healthy and that you can suppress these viruses that your body comes in contact with. All right, so going back to the Gardasil vaccine, the one that we have now is Gardasil 9, meaning that it protects you against nine strains of Gardasils, and they cause most of the problems. Some interesting information, we used to do it for teens, like 12, starting at 12, and it came out when I first came out uh, into private practice in 2006. And the way it came out, it really kind of got a bad rap. We were only vaccinating young women. Boys weren't getting vaccinated. I remember parents coming in with their teenagers, getting notes from their school system saying, hey, you should vaccinate. And a lot of families chose not to vaccinate at that time. Right now in 2020, we know We know for sure that the rates of cervical cancer, cervical dysplasia, dysplasia means precancerous cells, all of that is going down. And I think more people are feeling more comfortable. It's going down so much so that in programs, residency programs, where they train OBGYN residents, that they're not having as many cases to to practice on, if you will, because they don't have as many people with cervical issues, which I guess that's a good thing. The other thing is that in the last few months, and I'm recording this in June of 2020, 20, uh, they have increased the age through 45, meaning before your 46th birthday, you can get the HPV vaccine. And so if I'm having women coming in with abnormal paps and HPV infections, you can get the vaccine 
up through age 45. And the reason they've increased the age because it's working. It's really giving that immune system a boost. So other new guidelines, and this is kind of old school. This has probably been in play for several years, but a lot of people always ask me, you know, when should I bring my daughter? When should she get her first pap smear? So the pap smear is actually a test where we look at the cells of the cervix under the microscope. And that is a test. A lot of women think that a pap smear is a pelvic exam. So the first pelvic exam, when we need to look and examine, that's usually when they become sexually active or if they're having a problem. But the first pap smear is at age 21. So if a female has not been sexually active, then she gets a pap smear at age 21. From that time on, if her paps are negative, then the new guidelines are to get a pap smear every three years. It used to be we would get pap smears starting at 18 and every year after that. And what we have realized is that if you do have HPV, your body can clear that infection usually within 12 months. So if we're like checking every year and not giving your body time to heal itself, then sometimes we're going to be getting in the way of healing and we're going to be doing biopsies and procedures that we probably don't need to do. So every three years, you get a pap smear. After the age of 30, we start testing for HPV. Now, this is for women. We currently don't test men, but for women, we start doing a pap smear and HPV after the age of 30. I will tell you this much. Not everybody's doing that. Some people are doing an actual pap smear every three years. If you have the PAP and the HPV and they're both negative, you can actually go five years. I'm not really comfortable with that yet, but that's what the guidelines are saying. The other thing I want to share with you is that guess what? You do not have to have pap smears for the rest of your life. So if you're 90 getting pap smears, we got to talk. Pap smears can stop at age 65 if you've had negative for the last few years or if you've had a hysterectomy with removal of your cervix. So no cervix, you're 65 and you haven't had a problem, then guess what? You can stop. HPV is the kind of thing where it likes to grow in a moist, rich environment. And what I tell my patients is, you know, a 65-year-old woman who's menopausal and it's dry, it's like putting a seed in the dirt with no sunlight and no water. Yeah, it's there, but it's really not going to grow because you really aren't nourishing it. So real quick, if you have an abnormal pap and you have to go see a gynecologist or a specialist because we need to figure out what's going on, just know that we are there to pick it up early. So if you have cells that are becoming abnormal, they won't become cancer overnight. Again, it takes several years, several years for it to become cancer. So first of all, dysplasia is not cancer. Dysplasia just means precancerous cells and we we label it mild, moderate, and severe. Severe is the next step before cancer. And I have a lot of patients who said, oh, my auntie, she had cervical cancer. And then I find out she kept her uterus and they shaved off some cells. And that's that's probably not cancer. So just remember, if it's precancerous, you can keep your uterus and you can still have babies. A lot of women think because they have dysplasia, they can't have babies, but you can. Some of the procedures that we do to figure this out are the colposcopy, basically where we look at the cervix under the microscope and take biopsies. And I know a lot of women have gone through this. Then if we find some abnormal cells, then we can actually just shave 
shave off the infected cells and it's called a leap. And we can actually do that right in the office. There are some women that have severe disease or, you know, it's it's pretty concerning and it involves a certain portions of the cervix. And those women, we offer a hysterectomy. We remove the uterus and the cervix. So if you're one of those women who get hysterectomy done because you had an abnormal pap smear, you will still need to get pap smears. So before I said you can stop if you had a hysterectomy with the removal of your cervix. However, if you had some precancerous cells, we're still going to treat you like you are in that high risk category and you just still need to get your pap smears every three years. Lastly, warts. I don't see warts a lot, but Um, They are still out there. They look like small little bumps of cauliflower. They look like the same warts you would get on your fingers. We have treatments for that. You can do a topical treatment, which you need a prescription for. Then there is a treatment that we can do in the office called TCA, trichloroacetic acid, long word. But essentially, we dab some of that and it basically dissolves the warts over several weeks. And then there's the laser treatment. And that's done under anesthesia in an operating room. Okay. So that's a big overview of the basics. What I really want you to understand is that everybody has HPV. Let me not say everybody. I'm over-exaggerating. A lot of people have HPV. It is not a death sentence. It does not mean that you will die of cervical cancer. It does mean that you need to be in contact with your healthcare provider. So number one, 80% of sexually active adults will have HPV in their lifetime. Number two, and I'm going to say this one twice, cervical cancer is preventable. You do not have to, especially in America, everybody, you don't have to have cervical cancer. It is preventable. Number three, vaccination, Gardasil. Look into vaccination. It is working and it's been working so well, they've increased the age through age 45. Number four, pap smears every three years. PAP and HPV testing after the age of 30, okay? And most importantly, understand that in 12 months, if you've got a mild case of precancerous cells, your body can usually figure that out. Number five, dysplasia is not cancer. It is not cancer and you can still have babies. So ladies and hopefully some gentlemen, I hope this was helpful information. I want to free you from the the anxiety and the worry of having HPV and some of the stigma. We're all in this together, ladies. Thank you for listening to Office Visits with Dr. V. My prayer is that something said on this podcast will get you started on a path to your optimal health and wellness. The information, including opinions and recommendations discussed in this podcast, is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Such information is not intended to be a substitute for the advice of a qualified and licensed physician or other healthcare provider. Although I'm a doctor, this does not replace the advice of your licensed physician or healthcare provider. So please, Seek the advice of a qualified healthcare professional before making any changes to your healthcare regimen. And another thing, just by listening to this podcast doesn't make me your doctor. However, if you want to stay connected, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Office Visits with Dr. V. And go to my website at OfficeVisitsWithDrV.com. That's OfficeVisitsWithDrV.com. Let's follow up next time. Blessings.